was thinking for the uh, intro, we'll just do uh, Mastered MMA. Mastered <laughs> MMA. Mastered MMA. Mastered MMA. Yeah. And that'll be it. You should have just done that. <laughs> if I wanted. What is happening, ladies and gents? Welcome to another episode of Mustard MMA. We are back. We've had a nice little week off. Feeling refreshed and ready to go, aren't we, Matthew? I am very refreshed, Sunbeam. How are you? How are you? Yeah, I'm all good, um, mate. Bit nippy out there, isn't it? Bit nippy. Of course, yeah. We've had the snow. Pretty much snowed non-stop the last couple of days, down south, where we are. So, uh, luckily, I don't have to go anywhere, so it ain't too bad, really. <laughs> much like... Most of our listeners, Joe, I assume. Uh, I've been wondering how you've get, been getting on. Obviously, we had a missed week last week with a podcast. And the week before that, you dropped the, the heavy news that you're not on the bulk anymore. So I'm a little <laughs> bit worried about you. I want to get a bit of an update. Obviously, the last we heard, you'd, you'd stopped having five pots of Pringles down to one That's a it. day. Yep. So how's it looking? Are you still on the on the shred train? Or are you, you sacked in going back bulking? No, 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 I'm not, I haven't sacked it, but uh, I haven't really lost any weight, I maybe lost a pound or two, but uh, yeah, just leaned up a little bit, nothing very impressive, I'm, <laughs> I'm not a uh, marble statue by any means, but yeah, leaned up a little bit, I, I feel better though, I do feel better, I've done 3k on the treadmill today, so uh, I think it, I think it suits me better at, at this weight. Nice, nice, uh, Cage Warriors Academy. Keep your ears to the ground. Joe's coming later in the year, yeah. I reckon. I mean, I'm a, a bit of an in-betweener, really. I'd have to cut to 185, which, after all that bulking, I don't know if I really want to do, so it might have to be 205. Mate, you'd be a middleweight, would you? You'd be a middleweight. I'd have to cut to it at the moment, yeah. Bloody hell. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you have been putting on the muscle, haven't you? I reckon you'll be a, I reckon you'll be a powerhouse, son. Don't you worry <laughs> about that. But, um, yeah, it has been cold, but I think we... We're going to give, heat you up with a slice of mustard this week, Joe. <laughs> yeah, boy. Uh, nothing's heating me up more than the Sandman at the weekend, Corey Sandhagen. He sh- set the show alight. Talk to me. Yeah, it was outstanding, wasn't it? We are going to we're going to go crazy this week. We're going to start with a co-main event, and uh, yeah, it was, it was uh, very impressive. When it obviously didn't go for very long, forty odd seconds, but it's got to be one, one of the cleanest knockouts you've you've ever seen. I mean, no one likes to see it against Frankie Edgar of all people. It was, um, you know, it was a real shocking knockout in a lot of ways, wasn't it? He was out from the from the moment he hit him. But I mean, that just shows the the skills that Sandhagen has, really, didn't he? He looked so calm and collected. He looked like he was fully focused, taking it all in. And uh, I guess he probably had this plan beforehand. I would say just from the movement of Frankie Edgar and what Edgar's game plan would have had to be. Obviously, he's going to have to close a distance, isn't he? He's going to have to get in close. And being such a height difference, maybe that opens up the knee, but. I mean, it was just fantastic to watch, really. And, you know, what more can you say about him? He he, he had his defeat to Aljamain Sterling, who's fighting for the title. He's bounced back from that. Two outstanding wins and knockouts. He's got to fight the winner of that title shot. He's got to get a go next. Yeah, I mean, when we we blew our load with our prediction for these fights a week too early, didn't we? We but did, we did. I think we said back then, Joe, we, he was going to send a statement. Um, but I didn't think it would be as brutal as a statement as that was at the weekend. That was as clean as you like. First off, that's awful on Frankie Edgar. No one wants to see a legend like that. Everyone loves Frankie Edgar, so it's good to see him get back up afterwards. Um, yeah. Seemed okay. Definitely. But, yeah, what a statement sent out by Sandhagen, man. I, I don't know about you, but 
I was left speechless, Joe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I was on my own, so I don't talk to myself anyway, but I was speechless. <laughs> but I don't know, don't know about you as well, but I, I noticed in the interview, the post-fight interview, he just seemed... Different, is not he? Just so steely and just like... Like, a, like that Aljamain Sterling fight flicked a switch in his head and thought, like, no more Mr. Nice Guy almost, and he's just on one since then. And he called, he called his shot, didn't he? He said, the winner of that fight, Jan and Sterling, I'm knocking you out in July. So I, I don't think there's any other fight for him. Obviously, there's talk that TJ's coming back and stuff like that. Doesn't really make sense to me. I mean, if Sanhagen's up for it, he could welcome TJ back. But I don't think it'll go well for Bidashaw. So I think, yeah, you're right, Joe. He's got to be next in line for a title shot, surely. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't mind seeing the title shot if, say, Yan and Sterling fight and it's like, right, we need a rematch straight away. I wouldn't be opposed to the uh, Dillashaw Sandhagen fight. I think that'd be outstanding, and I, I'm as most people are. I think we're really interested to see how Dillashaw does. I do think, I do think it might have moved on a little bit, and Sandhagen might get the better of him. But other than that, it has to be a title shot, doesn't it? There's no one else really in there. That, like, there isn't, is there? You've got the top two, and then and then you've got Sandhagen. No one's knocking people out like he is. Top level competition. Frankie Edgar of all people. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, title shot next. Yeah, I think it might even do his star better to fight TJ first, you know. Um, it might get him on people's lips who don't really know Jan and Sterling are, yeah. um, but they know TJ is. He's coming back after X amount of years. And if Sané can do what he did to Edgar, the Dillashaw, that'd make a, a title fight even bigger if he was to get one. But I think whatever he does next, I think everybody's going to be tuning in to his box office at the minute. Oh, it's one of the biggest names in the sport at the minute, really, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, that division's just absolutely leery than anything at the minute, but bloody hell, Frankie Edgar, I, I was gutted for him. He, he looked good, I thought. I thought he looked good, good shape, but he's 39 now. There's too many young bucks. You mentioned him, Jan, uh, Sanhagen, Sterling. There are others coming through, O'Malley. 39, I think he's just been in too many wars, isn't he? So it was sad to see. It don't sound like he's going to retire if these statements or anything to go by, so... If he's going to stick around, hopefully he's going to be fighting these older lads like Aldo's and Cruises instead of these these young killers, man. So because it's not nice to see he's a legend, Hall of Famer for sure. But yeah, I think the run for the title for Frankie's finally over. Yeah, I can't add much more to that. Uh, yeah, I think we got it pretty spot on. Should we have a look at the main event? We are going a little bit back to front, but uh, again, a huge win. Not as impressive, I would say, but Volkov. Massive win over Overeem, getting the finish. And uh, he looked good, didn't he? He's, certainly the, uh, he's got a new tattoo. He's got that new back piece, hasn't he? I think it started off as a stingray back in the day. <laughs> it's ended up being some sort of um, Yakuza tattoo going on. I don't, really, I don't really know what it is. But I mean, he, he looked good, and he? he's, always got, he's always had the talent, hasn't he, Volkov? You could probably say there's maybe um, some holes in his game, and Overeem did his best to exploit those. But his striking is definitely top, top level. He says he wants the title shot. Personally, I don't know if I can I could see that coming. He's not a huge name, and I don't think he's exactly set the world on fire, finished in Alistair Overeem at this stage of his career. But if he can put a couple more together, obviously that's going to be a, a bit of a shit show at the top of that division when you think who's going to be fighting for the belt over the next year or so. But if he can put a nice little run over the next six to eight, 12 months... Yeah, then I think he's got a chance. But, yeah, other than that, I can't see him get a title shot soon. Impressive, nonetheless. What say you? I I was very impressed. 
by the tattoo and the performance alike. <laughs> yes. I think well, I, I fancied rather poorly in hindsight. I fancied an Overeem sub in this one. But I thought, you know what, he, he, he get a big striker down onto the ground and stuff, work his ground game, his underrated gra- uh, ground game there, Overeem. But then when you see him now, I knew uh, Volkov was a big lad, what, six foot seven or whatever he is. I knew he was a big lump. But when you see them both there together, he's absolutely enormous. I thought. <laughs> yeah, he is, like, yeah. Compared, I thought he looked like a completely different weight class over <laughs> him, and over him's a lump himself. But <laughs> we've said it before, Volkov, man, he's a lump above that bloke. He's absolutely built Ooch. like a brick shithouse, almost as big as you, John. <laughs> and I was watching it thinking, there's not a cat in hell's chance that over him's getting into the ground and they're going to sub him. I, I knew it from minute one, and he just looked like he was on the back foot, uh, back foot the whole fight. I think he broke his nose in the first round, so it was it was curtains from there on in. Really, you can't take too many uh, punches from a man of that that stature uh, for that long thereafter. And he was very impressive. He was striking, as you said, to knock out over him in a pure stand-up battle, uh, battle is just impressive in itself. But to do it in such dominant fashion, um, I think he I think he is right in there for the title shot. He's in the top five. Obviously, he's got a bit of bit of a recent loss to Bladesy, but. Blazy beats everyone, but apart from Engano, so it's, it's no shame in that. If he can bridge the gap a little bit with the wrestlers, because that's obviously the thing that's going to hold him back, I think he could go quite far. I think he offers something a little bit different in that heavyweight division as well. At the moment, it's just big lads and wrestlers and stuff like that, but no one's this rangy striker like Volkov offers. Perhaps he can be what we thought Stefan Struve might always be, that big rangy striker. No one can get in on the inside, and he can just pepper him from outside. Um, so maybe Volkov can can do that if he can put it all together. He's only young. He's 32. Um, I think he's got a good chance, but I think a title shot now, I think that's what would the clusterfuck up there at a the minute. Blazy can't get a look in, and Blazy beat him. So I think it's a long way off yet yeah. uh, for Volkov. But like you say, six to eight months' time, put a run together. I think he can certainly make some waves in heavyweight division because Stipe is not going to hang around forever. I think he's in his last one or two fights. Um, but what I think, I think a trick has been missed here. I think... I don't know why Volkov or any of these sort of fighters that aren't in title contention just yet but are on the precipice aren't calling out John Jones. John Jones don't have a fight. Obviously, the big fight to make is Ngannou versus Jones or Stipe versus Jones. But we don't know how Ngannou Stipe is going to go. Like you say, that, like the Yann and Sturdy one, that might result in a, a, an immediate rematch. So Jones is twiddling his thumbs. It might result in both fights being out indefinitely. That's Jones twiddling his thumbs. So you, someone needs to plant a seed and just irk John Jones to say, hold on me, you're coming to my, my territory here. I want to fight that bloke. He's not jumping ahead of me. So I think the trick's being missed by the heavyweights there. Um, I'd like to have seen it with Volkov, but that's sort of going off piece a little bit. Basically, I think he's in shot for in line for a shot perhaps in a year or two. So there's the top two. Good fights, cracking finishes. And it was a good card all round, really, weren't it? We had the old lads, Clay Guida, up against Michael Johnson. Guida done well, I thought, to pick up the win. He did what he had to do yeah, in a lot of ways, but to still be doing it at his age is pretty impressive. You're probably looking, I would say, you're probably looking at another similar fight to Michael Johnson up next for him, uh, really, I would say. And then someone else who's impressive, perennially, perennially underrated, got it out, Benil Dariush. Good win, wasn't it? A good performance up against your man, Carlos Ferreira, uh, who also looked pretty impressive, I thought. I thought this was a good fight all round, and to be fair, Dariush is... What were they? I think they were ranked around 10-ish, something like that. And Dariush, for as sort of underrated as he is, 
in a lot of ways he's a little bit too good for that level just his all-round game is superb so ideally what you want to see Darius now is just add that you want to see him add that little spark to his game that can take him to that to that next level which has always been a little bit of a stumbling block for him yeah I, I've I've been guilty of it I've underrated him maybe it's because he looks like everyone's old man I don't know <laughs> But he's on a six-part win streak, and he's only young. He's 31, the geezer. Um, looking at the rankings, he was 13, and Fiat Ferreira was uh, number 10. Right. Um, I fancy Ferreira going into this. Case in point there of underrating uh, Benil Dariush. I think he's got it all, man. I think he, he's just... You talk about dark horses of the division. He's, there's your case in point there. He is absolutely top, top hole in every aspect of the game. <laughs> And he showed it. And, and has he ever been in a boring fight? I think he's. I think he's got it all, really. I think he's starting to speak up a little bit now as well in the media. He did it in the post-fight. He was calling out the top five, saying, "Why, why aren't you fighting the likes of me and Ferreira?" And the reason is because no one knows who Darius is, and the reason is Darius could very well beat them. So um, the risk reward isn't really there for those top five guys. You can understand why they're not calling him out. I think for Darius now, he can go on. He'll probably take that number 10 spot now. And then you're looking at your Felders or your Hookers. And then he's slowly creeping his way into contention, man. And I'm up for it because every fight he's in is uh, box office. And we had a flyweight fight on there, which I thought might have been box office, actually. It was Alejandre Pantoja up against Manel Cap. Manel Cap. Uh, it didn't quite turn out to be the, the explosive fight that we thought it would be. It was a little bit cagey. It was quite tactical. Both men very dangerous. And I think they knew that, so... It kept it a little bit low-key, but Pantoja picked up the win in the end. Nevertheless, I do think he's, he is a good fighter, and he's going to try and attempt to make another run back up to that title against D-Fig. Uh, and Cap, I think I think he looks good. He's, he was the champ in Ryzen, wasn't he, uh, in a different weight class. So I think he looked good. He looks like he's got potential. So hopefully, you know, get that first one out of the way. It's a tough, tough fight coming straight in and fighting Pantoja, but that's what happens when you're the champ in another organisation. So... He looks decent. Hopefully, he get a little run together as well. Another great fighter in that division there. And then uh, the other one I want to shout out, obviously, is Meatball Molly McCann, who unfortunately uh, lost at the weekend. Yeah, it was a difficult go for her. But I, I thought she, she was, uh, could ha- can hold her head high, considering she was fighting someone who was very well-versed in jiu-jitsu. Um, but it's just so difficult to bridge that gap in terms of how long you've been doing the sport. Um, I heard the commentator say the girl she was fighting's parents are jiu-jitsu teachers, so yeah, you can't yeah. really to compete with that on the ground. It's going to be very difficult, and I think she she did quite well at times. She almost had that armbar in the second round, didn't she? It was very very tight. I thought it was over on two occasions, but once she got out of that, it did seem that uh, it was like it, it took the wind out of her sails, and she could never really sort of recover. Um, but I think she did okay. I think the other girl will go on to do good things as well. So there's no shame in that. It is two on the bounce for Molly, but let's not forget she won three in a row before that. So she she will be back, I think. She left her gloves in the cage, Joe, didn't she? She did, yeah, but I believe she's come out since then and she said, you know, it was, um, it was I think it was her a, a, a dad's birthday, wasn't it, on that weekend. So I believe that was what that was for as a tribute there. She's... Not retiring, which I don't think we would expect her to do. But, yeah, as you say, it is a learning curve, isn't it? And when you're fighting people who are literally brought up on a jiu-jitsu mat in a gi and whatnot, it's going to be tough. But, it's, you know, she's got all the time in the world, really. You don't want to string loads of losses together, and hopefully she can bounce back and win next time. But 
it is what it is a lot of the times. You're a young fighter, you've got, you've got plenty to learn, haven't you? So all the best yeah, for the future, she... and we're still we're still still fully behind her. Yeah, absolutely. She showed everything that she always shows and heart and desire throughout 15 minutes, never gave up. And it's testament she actually got to the bell. She was in some very tricky situations as well. So she got out of it and, yeah, she'll come back stronger than ever, I believe. All right. That's that card done and dusted then. Let's have a look at the news for this week. So the first one we're going to start with, one of my favourite fighters, Rose Namajunas, up against Weili Zhang for the title. Not official yet, I don't believe, but that is being targeted for April. So we won't get into that too much now. We'll save that for when we get the official news. Another one, I like this one. It kind of came out of, I don't know, it wasn't really left field. I think Sanchez called for it. Diego Sanchez up against Donald Cerrone. I think it's just a fantastic fight. I, I do expect Cerrone to get the win, if I'm honest, probably quite impressively. But at the same time, Sanchez, has he's been pulling out some performances here and there of late. So I'm pretty, actually pretty excited to see how that one goes. Yes, yeah, another one of them, isn't it? You're just shot. They haven't fought already before. Both been around the game for for donkey's years. I think there's a bit of beef there as well with the old switching training camps a couple of years back. So uh, a little bit of spice to that one. Should be a cracker. And it's Sanchez's last one. So what a way to go out with another legend. And then another good one, Sean O'Malley, going to make his return up against Thomas Almeida. We'll see how um, uh, O'Malley was calling out. Everyone, really. And he's ended up with Thomas Almeida, who is always dangerous, isn't he? He's always dangerous. Maybe never quite gets over the line. But I'm not sure about this one. I think it's a, I think it'll be a tough fight for O'Malley. I don't think, it's, I don't think they're necessarily giving him an easy one to, to ease him back. I don't know. I think Almeida's name is, is more appealing than some of the other names that O'Malley was getting with the risk-reward thing. I think Almeida's not looked quite the same as he did pre-Cody Garbrandt knockout. I think he's he lost three on a bounce, I think, at the minute. When, when you're looking at O'Malley calling out the likes of Cody Garbrandt, and I think there was musings that he was going to be fighting Nathaniel Wood as well. Um, I think he has got like a, a bit of a nice bounce-back fight there in Thomas Almeida. Like you say, very, very dangerous, but I think he is probably on the back nine of his career. He's not looked quite as good, and I think it's a favourable matchup for O'Malley. They, they, they want to they wanna get him back and quick with a win. That's my gut feeling. But why not? That's that's the fight game, innit? Um, build up your stars off uh, former stars. So, yeah, but good to see him back. I think it'll be a cracking fight, but I fully expect O'Malley to get a win. And one of our favourite Brits, one of the sort of highest ranked Brits in the UFC at the moment, Arnold Allen, has had a fight announced. We missed an episode last week, so I'm a little bit all over the place. I think we briefly mentioned the week before that there was, there was some rumblings going on. We may or may not have, I'm not sure. But we do know that we have a confirmed fight now, and that is Arnold Allen up against Sadiq Youssef, who's actually been a long-time favourite of ours here at Mustard MMA. So this is a little bit of a tough one, because we do have high hopes for Sadiq Youssef as well. But early thoughts, you know, Arnold Allen, was he probably looking for a little bit of a bigger name? Possibly, and that would have been nice. But, you know, if, if, he, if he beat Youssef, you are undeniable for those bigger fights, I would say, in a lot of ways. And to be honest, I think, I think it's winnable. Youssef is dangerous. Hits very hard. But I think, you know, from a, my, my amateur eye, you look at Alan, you look at his size and his reach, and you look at the patience he's shown and, and the, uh, the, what do you call it, fight IQ and whatnot to really kind of get through some tough chess matches in his previous fights. I do think Alan will have a little bit too much for Youssef. I think he's probably, uh, probably just at a slightly different 
stage in his career at the moment, Alan. I think he's really ready for the big names. Yeah, I think you're on the money there, particularly with the fight IQ thing. He just seems to have a knack for shutting down anyone who he's fighting, doesn't he? Yeah. That's probably down to perhaps the fact he's got Faraz Sahabi uh, in his corner. Uh, he's got a very good team around him, and he's a, an exceptional talent. He's only young as well. I'm just, I'm just glad he's got a fight eventually. Same with Yusuf. They both haven't fought for over a year now, so to get them both back in there together, I think it makes sense, really. He was, he was talking on Instagram a lot about, um, I think he wanted to fight Korean Zombie, Jeremy Stevens, who are a little bit higher up the ladder, but these lads are 9 and 10 in the rankings, so I'm not particularly too displeased with the, the matchup. In fact, I think it's a great fight. But, um, I do think Arnold Allen will get it done, though. It don't really get him anywhere in terms of the rankings, but what it does give him is eyes on him again, activity, um, and the chance to, to put on a, a performance that will get him a Korean Zombie or a Jeremy Stevens. So uh, Yusuf will be looking at it the same way, so it's more of a um, spotlight fight to sort of say, all right, you two are the, the, the young pretenders, go and show us what you can do. I'm always a bit on the fence when they put two prospects against each other. Uh, in this instance, um, I think it makes sense. No, I like it. I like it. I do agree. So, nice, short and sweet this week. But that's your lot for the news. So, Matthew, we do now move on to quite a tasty little card this weekend. It is a pay-per-view across the water. And it is a main event that I know you are super pumped, uh, fully gassed for... And that is Kamaru Usman up against former teammate Gilbert Burns. Why don't you get started? I'm fully guessed. I'm uh, Trey guessed for this one. What a fight. I think it's just going under the radar. I think both aren't particularly huge names in comparison to the last pay-per-view, so it's not getting as much airtime with, yeah. with your casual media. But uh, for for fans like yourself and I and the listeners, it's a fantastic fight. I think what makes it such an interesting fight is because I think the odds, I think, will suggest that this isn't a particularly easy one to call either. I think it's 50-50. And I don't know where to start, Joe. Should we, should we break it down? Should we tell our picks? Should we say our guess we are? Which way do you want to take this thing? Well, go on then. You're talking about it being an even fight. And if, like, you know, gun to me, if you have to... If I'm being honest, I'm not so sure. To be mm-hmm. like, I like Kamaro Usman. I think, I think he, he well he has done, hasn't he? He's run through that division pretty much. Everyone that's put in front of him, he's a di- he's a little bit of a different kind of animal once he's in there. And he's had his injuries and and whatnot. And he's had a lot of time off. So there's always a lot of factors that go into it. But if he turns up on his day in good shape, I think it's, I think you do well to beat Usman. Covington gave it a good go, and Usman kind of, he, he got the better of him, didn't he? he, he you know, he, he won that, not comfortably, but definitely he won that. And as far as Gilbert Burns, I, I don't know. I'm not sure if I've just seen enough that he's going to win. I don't know. Is he gonna, is, what's he going to do? Knock Usman out? Is he going to submit him on the ground? What do you reckon? Well, I, I'm with you. Usman is good. We can say that he is very, very good. He's he is. He lost his second fight. That's his only loss, and that was in 2013. You list the names he's beaten: Edwards, Meyer, RDA, T. Woods, Colby, Jorge Masvidal. It's, the list is ended. He's slowly creeping towards welterweight goat status, ever so sh- uh, slowly but surely. He's going ahead of T. Wood, 
Matt Hughes, and he's after George St. Pierre for that title. He's slowly beating everyone put in front of him. His wrestling is just second to none. He's a suffocating style. He's strong as an ox. He is. <laughs> but on the other hand, he's 33. Now, 33 is not old. And I'm not saying that because I'm 34. <laughs> it's not old. But if you've been wrestling for your whole life, it will, it will catch up with you, surely. Oh, it's a lot, uh, definitely. We, we've, we've seen it with a lot of fighters. Um, you, you mentioned there, you mentioned on the, the Championship Predictions podcast, them injuries, man, they might be his downfall this year. Um, and who's to say it's not going to happen this week? You look at Burnsy. He's 34 years old, my brother. <laughs> he's six-fight win streak as well. I think he's unbeaten at welterweight. He's beaten similar lads, Damian Meyer, Gunnar Nelson, Tyron Woodley. I think I think what um, is going to be the difference here, you've got Usman's wrestling, obviously. He wins that all day long. Gilbert Burns, the jiu-jitsu, he wins it all day long. So it's going to come down to striking at the end of the day, isn't it? And I think, I'm sticking my neck out a little bit here, but I think Burns, I think he's got better striking than, than Usman. I think he's a bit more dynamic. I think he's faster. He's not cutting down to lightweight. I think he's just got a little bit more dynamism about his striking. And I think he could catch Usman if he isn't careful. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's a foregone conclusion, but I think he's got a very, very good chance there. I mean, what a, a point that... I like to hang on to is that when he beat Tyron Woodley, he weren't like people weren't thinking, all right, he's the definite number one. Now he has to fight Usman. That's the fight to make. When he started calling out Usman, people were quite surprised. They're like, hold on. I like this. I like he's calling out his teammate, but a bit out of left field to me, that means they're training every day for X amount of years. And does Burns know that he's got his number? Does Burns know that he can beat him? Um, so I've got a bit of that going on in the back of my head. So I'm thinking, why is he calling him out so soon? Yes, he might be thinking, oh, I'm, I'm getting a bit older now. I ain't got much time. I want to get him a title shot. But on the other hand, he's probably thinking, I oh, know I can beat that kid. Um, give me my title shot now. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point. And you could be right, like you say, after training for so long to make the call out. It's interesting, isn't it? Whichever way it goes. And yeah, I do think stand-up wise, Burns might have the advantage. He's been knocking people out, hasn't he, as well? So he could very well do that. It just wouldn't surprise me if Usman wins it up against the cage, whether that be on the feet or on the ground. Just tuck him into a corner, keep him there, and throw a couple of digs every now and then. <laughs> I, I, I think you might be right. I think that is that is going to be the game plan. Um, I've just got a sneaky suspicion for Burnsy. But I think it's, I think it's a big title fight with regards to the landscape of the... the the division for the rest of the year. I think if you see Usman win, I think we might see uh, new, fresh challenges in there. He's beaten Edwards before, but that was years ago. So I think, but you might see the Edwards rematch, Chimier fight, some new challenges for Usman. Whereas if Burnsy wins, I think you're going to likely see uh, Colby's and Maz get their, their chances again because it's fresh matchups. Um, so with regards to Edwards, I think you're probably looking at hopefully getting an Usman win if you want to see him get a title shot. Um, it might take him a little bit longer if, if you see Burnsy get a win. And if my dodgy prediction from the other week's anything to go by, you're going to see Burnsy could be before you see Edwards in there. So, cracking fight all round. Another one we want to pick out, or I wanted to pick this one out, actually. He's gone under the radar a little bit. And that's your man, Kelvin Gastelum. <laughs> don't know why I said it like that. He's <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but he has uh, he's lost his last three kind of unbelievably <laughs> he was 
he was he was the top man, wasn't he, at one point. And he's up against Ian Hynish, who beat Gerald Mearshart last time out. I think he lost a couple before. So, I mean, I'm interested to see how Gasolin gets on. This this should be a win, winnable fight, in all honesty. I, I do believe Gasolin's probably levels above at the moment. Ian Hynish is always in, improving. He's relatively newer to the UFC. But I do think Gasolin will get the win here. But it is off the back of three defeats. So, I guess it, it does add a, a, a different element to it. Yeah, he's, he's a top fiver. No matter how many defeats he has, he's a top five level, isn't he? But it's amazing what can happen in such a short, short space of time. He was one round away from beating yeah. Adesanya, one of the best ever now, and to losing three on the bounce. And in most cases, fighting for your job. I don't think that's going to happen with Gastelum. But <laughs> I think but, but it's an amazing situation to be in. I think he's got potential to be the champion. And now he finds himself fighting someone who's... Is he even in the top 10, Heinish? Massive, massive fight for Gasolum. You talk about backs to the wall, must-win fights. This is one of them for, for Kelvin. Heinish, got a great backstory, um, always game, tough opponent. You do expect him to win, but it's, when you've lost three on the bounce, it's hard to shake off that, that losing mentality sometimes, maybe. Um, so Heinish might uh, sniff an opportunity here, but if I'm all honest, in all honesty, I think uh, Gasolum's probably going to get it done. No, I do agree. I do agree. But we've got some other decent fights on here, actually. We've got some uh, sleepers, as the kids say. <laughs> I mean, starting with a co-main event, this one isn't much of a sleeper, to be honest. Macy Barber up against Alexa Grasso. Barber 8-1 and one in that flyweight division. Many think she's going to be the, the champ at some point pretty soon, don't they? So that'll be good to see. Interesting to see how that one goes. One that is most definitely a sleeper, and that is Pedro Munoz up against Jimmy Rivera. A few years ago, Jimmy Rivera looked like he was on the road to winning a title, didn't he? And he's obviously had a few setbacks since then, but this is just a fantastic fight. Rivera's looked good recently in his last couple of fights. Munoz kind of almost got a title shot, really, didn't he? He was getting right up there, and he's got knocked back as well. So a good opportunity for both men to get back on heels, and uh, I'm very, very excited for that one. This is just another example, isn't it, how stacked that bantamweight division is. We were talking about it earlier, and we, we didn't even mention these two, and these two are just absolute animals. Rivera has slipped off a little bit, but he's always been well close in yeah. his fights. I think with Jan, arguably won that. Uh, I mean, it's lost to him. So uh, Munoz, he probably got stung a bit with the Edgar decision as well. He's got hand deals in his hands, man. I think this is. I think someone might get knocked out here. Someone's going to be swinging for the fences and get caught. Uh, I fancy Munoz here to get a win. Ah, uh, nice. See, I always tend to. Uh, you like Rivera, don't you? I do like Rivera. I always tend to go for him. So. Yeah, I'll, he's I'll, like I'll your mini Stepe. He is, he is. So I'll, I'll stick with him. I'll stick with him, uh, my boy. Nice, loyal. What about the old lads? We do love a couple of old lads fighting. From one gym to another, we go to Miller. I like. Listen, man, I, I love a fight from that should have been made in 2012. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't beat it. And um, look, Bobby Green was on a bit of a run about a year ago, wasn't he? I think he lost his last one, unfortunately. But he's always entertaining. He's always game. Um, always in exciting fights, and he's got all the talent as well. Miller, he's just churning fight after fight after fight. He's going for that most UFC wins. I don't know the number, but he's hunting down Cerrone, and it's all about that for him. Uh, Jim A10 Miller, he's, he's going for it. Uh, unusual nickname, but uh, anyway. <laughs> yes, moving swiftly on from that one. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that pretty much sums it up. There's, there's a, like I say, there's a lot of sleepers in here. Ricky Simon. Uh, the UFC's best mullet. He's back. I think he only fought a couple of weeks ago. He's on the early prelims. 
Uh, Rodolfo Vieira, Anthony Hernandez, middleweight, good fight, yes. cracking fight. Balau Mohamed. Got to mention that one. That's that's a great one. But Vieira's is he the the jujitsu guy, right? The yes. one who's ripped to shreds. Yeah, yeah. That Seven I think he cleaned out Simon Safaroff, our old friend. <laughs> You used to watch the old, uh, listen to the old podcast, uh, Simon Saperberg, Safaroff. What a legend. He got cleaned out by Vera in his last fight. Yeah, he's, he's got all the talent in the world. If he could put it together with MMA, all his jiu-jitsu skills, I think he could go a long way. But yeah, continue. Sleeper, Bilal Mohamed, Diego Lima, welterweight on the prelims. Cracking fight. Very right? good fight again. It's, it's a cracking fight, isn't it? Yeah. It's, uh, this whole card, quality. I've, I've got a fancy Mohamed there. Lima's very hit and miss, I think. Um, Bilal, I think he should probably get the job done, but a cracking fight nonetheless. I'm lo- I'm loving this fight. I was up for it. I was fully gassed anyway, but I've uh, I've overloaded it. <laughs> yeah, brilliant, isn't it? I thought that was a good episode as well. I mean, I've got nothing more to add. I think that wraps it up nicely. It's been two weeks since we've done it. Now we were starting to get withdrawals. I've enjoyed it. Been good to be back. Yeah, likewise, likewise. Um, I hope we could warm you up on this cold Tuesday, even though you probably <laughs> listen to it on a Wednesday. So ignore that. But yeah, I've enjoyed it. Check us out on social media and all that game, Joe. What are the, what are our digits? What are our letters? Go on. Yeah, I reckon focus on Instagram for the moment. That is the Mustard MMA. That's the one. And then we have got Twitter. We're not as active. Uh, still getting used to all this social media lot, aren't we? So that's Mustard MMA on there. But check out the website as well, mustardmma.com. That's where we're going to be sticking up our blogs. We've got one on there. Uh, that's ready to go. I mean, it's, it's there. Go read it. It's on there. Mustardmma.com. On your podcast, your iTunes, your Spotify, all that business. Leave a five stars if you can. Like all that business. The, the, the same old standard business that everyone says, and you've got to say it. So we're saying it. And you've said it. <laughs> so, Joe, uh, what's, what's happening the rest of the evening? Your high flying, annoyingly high flying irons are playing tonight, aren't they? So. I suggest you're probably going to be settling in with a cup of tea watching that. Is that right? That's it. I'm going to go have my dinner now. Get the football on. Nice. And, nice. Uh, yeah. I'd like, I'd like a nice little FA Cup run this year. Um, I've got a feeling I got a feeling it might not go too well tonight. But you never know. You never know. You never know in this game, son. Um, <laughs> and I think we've got West Ham Spurs coming up soon, which is not going to be fun viewing for me, I, I think. So, hopefully, hopefully... We don't have a repeat of what happened earlier in the season. But that's enough football. Yep. I'll let you crack on with your dinners. Crack on with whatever you got to do to crack on with tonight. <laughs> Let's have it. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll uh, see you next time. Bye. Bye.